Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Tony Katz. It's Kendall and Casey. The Amber and Nigel Show. All right, well, when does your show start? Do we know? I feel like I've been promoting this for nine years now. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Good evening. Welcome to the Tony Kinnacast here on 93 WIBC. That's 93.1 FM out of Indianapolis and the podcast and live streams right here on YouTube.com slash WIBC and Twitter X. It's been a busy week for quite a few of us, probably none more busy in several ways than the district attorney of Fulton County in Georgia. That would be the one, the only Fannie Willis, uh, as you might have seen in the title of the show, the DA did, in fact, go down in Georgia. And uh, the individual that she went down with might cost her more than just being disbarred. Uh, the situation regarding Fannie Wills is so incredible that we have actually dedicated an entire segment of the show to that coming up in just a bit. But as, as a bit of a tease, as, as just something just for you, here is uh, the closing argument PowerPoint slide that Fannie Willis lawyer put up today. And you can see um, that she has number one twice. Well, you know, learning how to count, obviously a great mistake to make on your closing argument. And there's also another error that you might not see. And we'll be getting into that in just a little bit. Well, speaking of attorney general and uh, Trump related staff that are also having a really bad week. Um, New York State Attorney General Latita James. Uh, by the way, this is the same attorney general who has been keeping track with everyone uh, of how much money uh, Donald Trump now owes in civil lawsuits, uh, which are uh, kind of suspicious as it is uh, for an attorney general to go around kind of making fun of individuals that have settled certain things in lawsuits. But you know, in regard to her decision-making, she's not really impressing a whole lot of people because the Masterpiece Cake Shop, which is a bakery in Colorado, not New York, uh, this is the same cake shop that has basically been taken to court time and time and time again because people are upset that a Christian would dare, you know, bake a cake. And uh, all of these liberal institutions and individuals are so desperate for the Christian baker to bake extremely gross things that continually get worse in regard to the individual's faith. So the Masterpiece Cake Shop is in the news yet again being taken to court because uh, there is a customer that they said made a... uh, they wanted them to make a cake to celebrate their transition from from being a man into a woman, and uh, they wanted this Christian baker to bake her, him, zer, whatever it, a cake to celebrate. And so uh, the masterpiece cake shop, like time and time again before, said no, and is now being taken to court over it because oh, it's discrimination! Oh my God! Because you know how all individuals who are uh, trans just love patronizing. Uh, services that disagree with their life decisions. 
But this is the best part. So the attorney general, Letita James, gets out on Twitter. Again, not the attorney general of Colorado, but the attorney general of New York gets out and releases this statement. Masterpiece Cake Shop, a Colorado bakery, refused to make a customer a cake when they found out it was to celebrate her transition. Oh, this bakery has discriminated against LGBTQ plus people before. And I'm urging the Colorado Supreme Court to stop this transphobic discrimination. Oh, see, guys, it, it's just a case. It's, it, it, it's just Rosa Parks all over again. It's just the civil rights issue of our time. Only um, it's not because this customer has a history of harassing this particular cake shop. As a community note pointed out soon after, this uh, prior customer who just, just wanted a cake to celebrate their transition asked the Christian baker to bake a cake of uh, Satan, you know, the antagonist of the Christian faith, uh, licking a sex toy. And they wanted it to be a real sex toy so that the person could turn on the sex toy before they, they surprised everyone with the cake. So uh, you, you wouldn't go into a uh, Jewish deli and ask them to fry you up some bacon. Uh, you wouldn't go to a Muslim shop and ask them to serve you a shot of whiskey. But in this country, when it comes to Christians, oh, well, you know, you, you have to do whatever it is that we say or you're, you're denying service. That's it's incredibly silly. Of course, the attorney general that is one of the attorney generals that's going after Trump for political reasons is making sure that everyone knows that every single action she takes is politically motivated. And that brings us to the last politically motivated individual that we're just going to be discussing before we get to big Fanny Willis. Um, uh, that is Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley, God bless her, who has lost almost every single donor at this point who has lost the faith of a Republican Party that at one time had kind of a soft spot as being a, a, a fiery individual who was good at telling the U.N. to go pound sand, has now stooped to saying that what she really, really wants is President Trump's trials to occur before the election so that she says the American people can decide. Here's what that looked like. But I think it's important that all of that come out now so that we're not dealing with it later. I think he's hoping it comes out later so that he can make it all go away. But either way, we've we've got a problem on our hands. I mean, chaos follows Donald Trump wherever he goes. We continue to see this play out. And we can't be a country in disarray and a world on fire and go through four more years of chaos. So I want to make this incredibly clear. First of all, there is no Republican candidate that could have been put on the ballot that would not have been four years of chaos. And by the way, I did not plan on voting for Donald Trump in the primary at all. Um, I do now, uh, but that was not my original candidate. So first of all, the whole, well, everyone's chaotic, but me, no, absolutely not. I remember that Nikki Haley answered a question about the Civil War wrong, and it was an entire narrative on mainstream media for an entire week. Uh, The only reason that Nikki Haley is not currently being called a white supremacist is because her competitor is Trump and they despise Trump. So first of all, big fat no. Uh, Number two, got to tell you guys, um, it kind of makes sense, no matter if you're on the establishment side or the traditional conservative side or the populist side or the libertarian side of the right to be consistent when it comes to political prosecutions. 
Because regardless of how you feel about President Trump, even Democrats openly admit at this point that the prosecutions and the cases that he is in are exceptionally political. Given the standards, given the precedents that have been brought forward time and time and time again. Again, I am not a MAGA populist Trump fan. I do not own a red hat. I hate to disappoint so many of you out there who think that I probably have a collection of, you know, 540 of them. But it is very clearly evident that Donald Trump's prosecution in all of these cases is extremely political by motivation, if only because prior presidents have done many of the things he's accused of very flagrantly. And it was laughed off then, and we all just kind of ignored it because presidents had kind of done this thing in the past. So by all means, uh, feel free to try this one out. It's not going to work at the polls for Nikki Haley. It's not going to work at the polls for Joe Biden, because Joe Biden will eventually resort to talking about the Supreme Court's involvement in the Jack Smith case regarding Trump. Uh, Biden will eventually have to wade into this muck and mire, and it's not going to do him any good there either. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show as well. Stick around. You are listening to the Tony Kinnecast here on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. I, uh, I actually thought at the beginning of uh, the evening that I would message producer Allison and, and ask her to go and download the theme uh, from The Devil Went Down to Georgia and, and play that on the air for this segment. But uh, I, just, I just didn't have the heart. Uh, to open it up that way because I would come in laughing so hard. The 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 DA went down in in Georgia. It is it is truly 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 incredible. I mean, I, seriously, Fannie Willis has completely, utterly, just unthinkingly wrecked herself in every way, shape, and form. Before we get to that, though, but before we before we dig into what is um to what is truly truly spectacular we we have to talk just a bit about what what the charges are so to recap um fanny willis is accused of hiring not like her boyfriend not even like her fiance or her husband just some dude that she was stooping and like just getting freaky with on the side she takes that guy and she hires him to uh, with the taxpayer money from fulton county in georgia to prosecute donald trump on racketeering federal racketeering charges which are a very big deal and are not really used at all for uh, election cases but anywho this guy that she hires has absolutely no experience whatsoever in prosecuting in rico cases um she is accused of having a very long 
romantic series of sessions with him. We would just, you know, put it that way. Um, and in the process of these very long, very, very long series of um, <clears throat> romantic sessions, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she decides to go on uh, romantic cruises uh, with this guy um, that he is paying for based on the taxpayer funding going to him for prosecuting Donald Trump, the job that she hired him to do. So she's basically using taxpayer money um, to prop up a very weird, unusual RICO case so she can go on trips. She also goes to Belize and... uh, basically goes on just a, you know, a a tour and they wheel her into the courtroom because, oh my God, what absolutely horrific charges and things go downhill so fast. So, so, so fast. It is truly incredible. So, uh, (laughs) this is the last day for closing arguments and she's flipped out at the judge, at the lawyers. She's like waved papers around um again this is a da she doesn't know what a hostile witness is um she's like made up definitions in court witnesses have given like four different stories of events um before the attorneys it's it's truly fantastic but today is the last day it's the last day for comment the closing arguments right the big huge courtroom movie scenes when everyone is supposed to go guys fanny will she just misunderstood people are just going after her because let's see what's the excuse everyone uses today she's a black woman in power you know we can't stand that that's just oh man that's that she's just a victim and she is a bright intelligent amazing district attorney and so um (laughs) Um, her, uh, her lawyer puts this, this screen in front of, of everyone at the court meeting. And, um, these are the main issues. So like, first of all, is there, is there even actual conflict of interest here? Sure. She was given tons of money to the guy that she was stooping well before the case started. And a lot of phone records show that, but like, is that actually conflict of interest? Um, so that's point number one. And then, you know, what comes after point number one? Well, point number one is, is their forensic misconduct. So they're saying that because the uh, prosecution uh, brought, you know, evidence uh, in and then said this evidence proves that, that she did the thing, that's forensic misconduct. My favorite thing, though, is a citation thing. And this is where the old teacher comes out. For those of you who can't see it, um, there was a citation that is done in what looks to be some kind of an AP style format. And when you list page numbers, you're supposed to go lowest to highest. Um, and and like he literally jumbles the page numbers. He goes 342, then 170, then 127, talking about the, the case begins. So um, that may not seem like kind of a big deal, uh, but it, at least to those of, of us out there in the AP world, if you're a big hotshot lawyer in your closing arguments case, maybe proofread the slide. It looks like you are desperately trying anything at this point, which they are. And um, by the way, uh, we have a few clips for you. Judge Scott McAfee suggests that he may be able, uh, he may be ready to issue a decision on whether or not Fannie Willis should be disqualified without any more evidence. Like he's he's done. He's ready to go. Here's what that looked like. Uh, now I think both sides have made requests to reopen the evidence on behalf of the defense. There were some issues with uh, cell phone records, and the state has uh, found an additional uh, witness that they would like to present. And the instruction I provided on Tuesday was that for today, I think we've reached the point where I'd like to hear 
more of how some of the legal arguments apply to what has already been presented. And it may already be possible for me to make a decision uh, without those needing to be material uh, to that decision. So that's why we're here today. I wanted to make sure we held this time because it is a bit of a logistical challenge to get everyone in a room together. That's, I mean, imagine being so bad at trying to prove to people that you didn't stoop this guy. Because, of course, there's a ton of text records, and she got in front of the court and then also admitted that uh, she kept money in her mattress from her campaign, which is very illegal and also very a felony. And, of course, said all of that under oath. Imagine being so bad at the case that the judge stops everyone and says, all right, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm ready to deliver my verdict like any day. I just need you all in here <laughs> to make your closing statements. This is why, this is why boys and girls here on the Tony Kinnecast here on 93.1 FM. This is why you do not pick the ready to go get them individuals for your political prosecutions. Um, I said very early on, if you wanted to get Trump legally, the documents case and like nothing else, that would be enough. That would do the maximum amount of damage because every following court case that you bring against him for all of these different things that are disconnected and are like really kind of weird and and kind of civil lawsuit and a judge in New York that's like, I don't care if there's evidence or not. You're not allowed to present it. He owes 300 bazillion dollars. And now this lawyer and district attorney in Georgia who were, you know, stooping up a storm to profit off of a very weird RICO case on Trump, it makes it look to the country like you're just going after Trump. Nikki Haley doesn't get it. Biden doesn't get it. The Democrats are starting to understand. This is why you have MSNBC columnists that are like, guys, maybe we kind of screwed this one up. Uh, As if that wasn't bad enough, um, (laughs) the guy that uh, Fannie Willis was sleeping with, um, his name is, his last name is Wade. And uh, listen what... uh, Willis lawyer accidentally calls her in some of his closing statements. Uh, as well as uh, large-scale cases like this one, and much larger, um, and they also have, uh, there's a lot of high-profile prosecutions. If Miss Wade's, or excuse me, Miss Willis's ultimate goal. <laughs> okay, the the poetic irony of 2024 is positively fantastic, and let me tell you why. So to begin, President Biden was. Uh, investigated by special counsel Robert Hur, who concluded that Biden did willfully mishandle classified documents and willfully broke the law. But his memory was so bad and he was so old and decrepit that a jury could not get anything out of him. And so then President Biden, to try to save face, got in front of international television in a press conference and had one of the worst dementia episodes he has ever had on camera. Pure poetic at a time when he's supposed to be telling the country he's mentally capable and in control completely wrecks it. Fannie Willis is trying to convince everyone that she did not stop this guy and profit off of the taxpayers and (laughs) her own lawyer (laughs) is accidentally calling her by her affairs last name. I mean, come on, like if, if we're going to go through hopefully what's the last year of 2016, because we've been here a while, at least we might as well have as much poetic justice and just like final season of The Office and Parks and Rec as possible. Because if it's going to be a sir, if it's going to be a circus, it might as well be a three day weekend Barnum Bailey's big smash boom bonanza. 
I mean, we're talking a real Southern Baptist revival of entertainment here. Speaking of uh, endless circuses and entertainment, uh, the Democrats have uh, chosen before any kind of a primary who they're going to prop up as the Democrat gubernatorial candidate. And believe it or not, there's no one who's more upset about it than the Democrats. We're going to hear a lot about that nonsense. Stick around. You're listening to the Tony Kennecast here on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is the Tony Kennett Cast on 93 WIBC. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Tony Kennett Cast here on 93 WIBC. So uh, a good long while ago, I came back from uh, my time in Wisconsin where I was uh, finishing up my undergraduate. I, I had the opportunity to teach at a little school in Milwaukee. And I also worked in Governor Scott Walker's uh, eh, policy camp in his in Governor Scott Walker's office. And uh, I had worked as both an intern of policy and legislation. And then I became um, a junior education policy advisor, which is about as useful and uh, as needed um, as feet on a fish. Uh, But I enjoyed it. I got to drive around the state of Wisconsin and learn a lot about it. And at the time also, as a young budding teacher and academic, uh, I spent a lot of time researching how education worked in Indiana and in Wisconsin. And that was the first time that I came in contact uh, with Jennifer McCormick. Uh, Jennifer McCormick, the former superintendent of Yorktown and uh, then uh, the last elected state superintendent before we began a very weird state superintendent appointment rule. And uh, I was never really impressed uh, with anything that that she did while she headed up the Department of Education. And that's not personal. Uh, There's a lot of uh, heads of DOEs and secretaries of education and state superintendents who I don't like. Um, On a slightly different note, I think her husband, who is the uh, superintendent of Blue River, is fantastic. And he runs a really good ship. And Blue River, while I think being one of, if not Indiana's smallest school district, is like really, really well run. So absolutely nothing personal. Uh, When it comes to politics, a couple of years ago, Jennifer McCormick, who was an impressively lackluster Republican. And I mean, like the, the kind that no one's excited about, not even your donors. If And she wasn't doing anything. And so she did what a lot of people do in the Republican Party when it just ain't doing anything for you anymore. And she switched parties and she went through this brave new progressive landscape, which uh, is basically like the, the suburban white woman way of saying I'm really bored and I don't really have a community or things that I'm involved in. So she got involved in Democrat politics and became the most bleeding hard, passionate uh, liberal in the state as far as education policy is concerned. And by the way, what that really means is uh, misquoting a lot of education statistics and uh, making up things about systemic whatever in the Indiana system. And I called a couple of years ago. I said she's going to run for governor. 
because she has well she's an active she's probably the most notable uh suburban white woman in indiana politics um other than suzanne crouch but she was always kind of like above the middle class line so i kind of waited and eventually she did she announced her campaign for governor and everyone was like vaguely excited and she doesn't have a chance. She does not have a hope or a prayer unless we put forward the gooberiest of McGoobers who no one at all comes out to vote for um, as the candidate for governor. She just straight up has no chance. And the reason it's funny is because there were there was another candidate that was running uh, for uh, the gubernatorial spot for the Democrats. The Indiana Democrats are uninterested, though. They're uninterested. Uh, so. This was reported uh, a couple of days ago. Um, the commission for the uh, Indiana uh, Democrat Party voted 4-0 uh, that um, Dixon Tatum will not be printed on the ballots for the Democrat primary for governor, which means Jennifer McCormick is unopposed in the May Democratic primary for governor, um, which is fantastic and the reason that it's fantastic is because she believes that she has kind of an appeal to bring together uh kind of those involved in public education in the state um she thinks that like all of the teachers in the various public schools and the communities are going to get around this uh republican turned democrat who's also super duper pro-abortion in a state where abortion is really unpopular and also like a bunch of really weird narratives about uh, dei um and transgender stuff which again are both also very 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 unpopular in the state of indiana and i guess her plan is just to kind of shove those down everyone's throats until all of the suburban women in the whole state they just come out and vote for her and it's going to be amazing it's going to be like prohibition in the women's marches um that's not actually going to be the case because unfortunately for jennifer there are two truths that she needs to come to grips with number one there are enough old people in the state of indiana who will go to the voting booths on election day and will vote straight red to carry any state elected official period there is there are enough people in the state over the age of 65 who will go to the voting booths on election day thank god and will just vote straight red they won't look at the ballot they just go straight red all right we're done and they head over to the old folks buffet cool there is no way jennifer's beating that number two and here's my personal favorite there are just about as many suburban white women in the state of indiana who have left the democrat party for the republican party as are still in the democrat party According to the polls that we have from 2022 and 2019, that would be the primary season heading into the presidential uh, election back in 2020. There were polls said that there were as many suburban white women who were Republican as there were Democrats. And to make matters worse for Jennifer, it doesn't even look like she's going to be able to pull the Indiana Democrats in the election. And allow me to explain why. So Adam Wren, who is a... Uh, national politics correspondent for politico here in indiana because there are a lot of national journalists that, that set up camp in indiana because it's a fantastic state to live um he's not a fantastic journalist but you know to each their own he pointed this out he said indiana democrats endorse a gubernatorial candidate and by the way this this individual adam Rennes is, is quite the lefty he says indiana dems endorse a gubernatorial candidate who has said she doesn't recall whether she voted for George W. Bush, agrees with some of Trump's policies, but won't say which ones, cannot remember the first governor she voted for, 
and can't remember who she voted for in 2016. First of all, that's hilarious because you and I both know everyone remembers who they voted for in 2016. You also remember who you first voted for for governor. And uh, I think it is patently hilarious and that of all of the camps that Jennifer McCormick could upset, it's the basic liberal journalist. I am shaken. It is fantastic because here's the point. Jennifer McCormick is a fake and a fraud. She has no political like values or beliefs of any kind. She is simply following trends and running for office a lot like Jefferson Shreve, but on the other side of the aisle, wherever the campaign takes you, the the bleeding hearts of being in power will continue to run for office. Um, Guess what? Just because you flipped parties doesn't make you special. Just because you served in school administration does not qualify you to run for office. Um, There can be really great qualities that I I think that we could see in gubernatorial candidates that don't necessarily have to come for a Republican. (laughs) They're certainly not going to come from a Democrat. But, you know, as for the libertarian ticket, I'm really interested in seeing some, you know, more diverse individuals running in uh, the campaigns and really for multiple offices in state. Uh, I will mention that I mean diverse as in ideologically. Um, I don't care what color your skin are, you know, what's in your pants. I kind of care how you're going to govern the state. And if you're on Twitter all the time whining that um, Indiana is crippled by terrible voting laws, um, uh, as she tweeted today, um, that apparently Indiana's GOP has passed legislation making voting more difficult in the state. She didn't actually cite how um, or any evidence, but that's like her entire campaign. As long as we keep putting these people up, I'm sorry, it ain't happening. And to the liberals out there, all one of them who may be listening to this show. Well, I mean, I I know Destiny Wells listens to this show because she whines about it on Twitter. Uh, But to the rest of the progressives in the state, the one or two that are listening, I feel your pain that the Indiana Democrats suck out loud. Um, And I feel for your I feel your pain a little bit more because the Indiana GOP isn't even trying. I do want the Indiana Democrats to try harder because then the Indiana GOP would be forced to be a better Republican Party and wouldn't be the laughing stock of Washington, D.C. among my conservative friends and colleagues. So by all means, Indiana Democrats, get your stuff together, run some good candidates. Good luck with your wine mom. Uh, I really look forward to the four people that vote for her. And um, if that includes the county of henry which she's from i will be incredibly surprised well up next another big surprise we have a massive mail time basket we're not supposed to do mail time for another week yet i've gotten so many random requests we're gonna hit a few of them here on the show stick around you are listening to the tony kinnecast here on 93 wibc life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Listening to the Tony Kennett Cast on 93 WIPC. 
Welcome back to the Tony Kinnecast here on 93 WIBC. Uh, I've got to be honest with you all. I did not anticipate doing some kind of a mail time or voicemails or hearing from you segment when we we started doing uh, the show. Uh, To be completely transparent with you, I didn't really think I would be getting as, as many messages and and i guess a couple of emails and i don't even know how people got my email on that one for sure uh and uh usually a lot of facebook messenger and and twitter message things so i kind of have set up an informal way i guess every other week we'll do a little mail time segment at the end of the show with whatever time i haven't ranted myself out of um today though allison are you out there in the the wide world of radio hello hello uh, I recorded something for you. I, I, I've talked to you before about um, the Blues Clues mail time theme, and uh, I couldn't find it on YouTube without Steve running his mouth over it. So uh, I recorded this one before the show. Let's see if uh, tell me how you like it. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Did you did you like that one? I think Blues Clues has some competition. That's right. That's right. So now we're going to, there you go. There's the, the mail time music. No one asked for that. This is the one thing no one asked for, <laughs> but you know, I mean, uh, my daughter has been obsessed with, with blues clues lately, uh, the original with Steve. And, uh, that's just something I had to do. So the first question is from a, the Brad guy, very, very clever, who, by the way, describes himself as a listener of the Kendall and Casey show of which I am one, uh, by the way, love Rob Kendall and Casey Daniels. They, um, well, I'd say they help keep me out of trouble, but that's not true. Usually they're egging me on. Um, their question is actually a very appropriate question from a Kendall and Casey listener. They asked, why do you hate the Indiana Capitol Chronicle? I, I know that Rob Kendall cites the, the Indiana Capitol Chronicle, which, by the way, is, is a great moment to point out that uh, Rob and I and uh, Hammer and Nigel and Katz and Hatcher and uh, Abdul and... I guess the home and garden team on Saturday, we all have different friends and places that we get our news from. And sometimes we may be friends with or get news from information or or people that the others don't necessarily love. Uh, And that's okay. Um, Rob only sends me hate mail about uh, asking Rakita the occasional question once a month. Um, But Rob only uses a couple of cuss words when he writes hate mail to me. So that's time for another segment. As to the Indiana Capital Chronicle, the nonprofit uh, new kind of uh, blog publication that, that started in Indianapolis, I don't hate them. Uh, some of the reporting is, is pretty okay. Um, I don't trust them. Uh, I don't trust them because most of their reporters, including uh, their, their editor-in-chief, uh, Nikki, who I don't despise or dislike, I just think that she's kind of a leftist hack. Um, just as much as the star was, which is where a lot of their reporters and writers come from. Um, by the way, so is State Affairs, the other nonprofit, nonpartisan <clears throat> publication. And by the way, the reason that I that I point that out uh, is because, first of all, the Swiss billionaire Hans Jörg Weiss. Um, is who funds the Indiana Capital Chronicle, and he is a lefty advocate. Uh, the Indiana Capital Chronicle very, 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 very rarely uh, covers a piece that would be of like interest to a right wing reader. Um, 
And then they always frame issues from a socially left perspective. So all of the language that they use is always the modern term that the, the left would use in their vernacular. And so because of that, they're lefty hackish because they claim to be unbiased. I am biased. I'm openly biased. I am an investigative columnist for a conservative news organization. And I'm very open about that. I'm not a reporter. I am an investigative columnist. And I'm open about that for one reason and one reason alone. So that when you read my piece, you can see because I always cite my stuff. You can see, you can click on the hyperlinks in the story and see where I have made my claims and assertions. And then everything else is my opinion and it's clearly outlined. So you are never bamboozled or smeckledorfed. You always know what you're getting with me. And I think that's how all journalists should be. Everyone's biased, so just be honest about it. This is from a guy named Tim's. He says, your take on the Indianapolis blue line. Uh, the Indianapolis red line, the blue line, and the entire Indigo transport system is garbage. It's garbage because it's not run properly. It's garbage because very next to no one uses it. And the people who are loudest about it do not even ride it. Um, it's a bunch of wealthy suburban people who have never, ever once been on the buses. Um, but like other rich suburban people who have no church, family, or anything to do, they whine about things that they think are beneficial to the poles, who they see themselves as better than. I don't care for the Indianapolis Blue Line because there was legislation that was like, hey, maybe we shouldn't take US 40, the national road that a lot of a lot of us share and drive on and cut it in half and in thirds and in fourths for more useless bus lines and bus lanes. It's already bad enough, especially when you get down near the very center, down near uh, circle center. Um, it's an absolute mess. It is the mess and it doesn't need additional bus lanes and, and goober nonsense. Um, I believe there were like shops and restaurants that we're also like, yeah, we don't want a bunch of our store frontage road space taken up by bus lanes. No one's going to ride. And then a bunch of Indiana Democrats like shamed and started a boycott for like a business suggesting they wanted road space, road frontage. I mean, just stupid nonsense, stupid, stupid nonsense. Um, more city infrastructure done poorly. And don't get me wrong. I would actually like to see like a, a short rail line system in Indianapolis or an elevated train or something like that. Taking the road space that we have up though for useless buses that don't even go anywhere useful. Yeah, that's not helping anybody. Um, this next one is from a guy named Jake. He asks, when are you going to have Jamie Rittenauer on the show? So for those who don't know, Jamie Rittenauer is the uh, Indiana gubernatorial candidate on the Republican side who's very faith and family oriented. I do not think that she is qualified in any way, shape or form to be a governor. And I said so. And when I heard her speak in the debate, I kind of called her a loon and a lunatic. And because that's what she sounded like. And her team reached out and said, well, will you have Jamie on the show to interview her? And my answer was and is yes, more than happy to. And we'll release that to y'all when it's done. Um, if it goes too long, I won't edit it down for the air. I'll just play until it's the end. You'll have to catch it on the podcast later. I was down in Nashville the week after those comments were made. And we are working on getting that interview up. We'll have it. I guarantee it. And I will give her a chance to respond to all of those comments. And uh, for the record, I'm more than happy to have Jennifer McCormick or Destiny Wells, since I know that she listens anytime as well, because, you know, interviews are fun. 
Thanks for sticking around this week. Really appreciate your listening. We'll try to be back with great content next week. You've been listening to the Tony Kennecast here on 93 WIBC.